0: We're back for another Express post from the Women's World Cup. We will be looking at day fours. Action! I have already lost track of the days, which is a really good sign, but we had some interesting matches to review. Sweden had a win, Netherlands had a win, and there was a very spicy scoreless draw as well, so plenty to talk about. But before we begin, we want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands we're recording on today, the Wurundjeri and Yugara people, and pay our respects to their Elders past and present. For today's episode, you've got me, Marissa Lorganic, Angela Christian-Wilkes, and Anna Harrington. So, we must begin once again with the, uh, the calf that has stopped the nation. We were back at Matilda's training yesterday. So Harrow, a quick update on the Sam Kerr calf saga.
1: Yeah. Um, Anna Harrington reporting live from Brisbane with Marissa Lodanek, who's been on calf watch for the past, oh, how many days, too many days, um, well, there's not the the update is there isn't really an update. I mean, we saw Sammy post on Instagram last night that she was in the gym, which is to be expected when you're rehabbing an injury. Um, yesterday, for, well, at least for the 15 minutes we were in there, um, she was on the sidelines. Understandably, wasn't joining in main training. Um, the other players that weren't doing that were Kaya Simon, who's on her own program, and Claire Hunt and Alana Kennedy, who were just being managed for lo- for like loading reasons. But Sam Kerr was clearly not um joining in with main training i thought she was in pretty high spirits though to be honest um i think she does know when the cameras are there and knows that everyone needs to get those couple of photos um to darren england who i work with have who got this spectacular one of kerr just sitting on the esky watching everyone training um yeah and, and that's really where it's at um we had we had press with Tamiki mickey Ellop and um charlie grant yesterday and they just sort of reaffirmed you know what we've been hearing which is um Sam's doing everything to support the team. Um, She's keeping everyone in high spirits. You know, we'd love to have her in training because she is such a high energy sort of player, brings a lot of voice as well, but you don't really stop hearing her when she's there from the sidelines. Um, And what else? Um, Just that Charlie Grant, I thought was very good talking about how um, Australia, this is in the press conference, um, talking about how they really back Mary Fowler and Caitlin Ford to work as a attacking duo or strike duo um, in Sam Kerr's absence, they're clearly going to have to do the job against Nigeria. And I think the hope is that from what um, Charlie was saying in the press or at least that Nigeria won't sit back so compactly as Ireland. I think they do like to press that bit higher and that might open up some more opportunities for those two. And also obviously you've got the wingers in, um, in Vine and Razo. So The update on Sam Kerr is there isn't a big update. We know that's coming after the Nigeria game, which she's missing, when she'll be reassessed. Sam Kerr, watch for another day. (laughs) We need the little cow sting that we
0: were We're talking about. We're back there again today. (laughs) I think the only other thing we have to mention from yesterday's press opportunities was from Charlie Grant as well. And obviously we all saw Ellie Carpenter, bought the whole team, Xboxes. Charlie Grant wasn't feeling well the first couple of days she got into camp. So she was like... I was just playing my Xbox in my room and people were asking, so what were you playing? She's like, FIFA, obviously. And she's like, I went straight to World Cup mode. I played as Australia. We beat Ireland and we beat Nigeria. So let's hope that happens in real life. And I'm like, yes, Charlie, we love it. We want that to happen. So we all had a very good giggle um, once she told us that that was how she had spent her days being sick in bed. Um but let's move on to the games that we had. So we'll start off with Sweden 2, South Africa 1. The The real thing with this game was that South Africa was leading and they led for a very decent chunk of time and it all just kind of unravelled there. We were watching this game on phones in cars and in the media centre, um, but there was so much excitement when South Africa did score when Hilda Maguire actually bundled it into the back of the net. Poor thing looked like she was diving into a pool, like going into the back of the net. Um, But obviously we know that Sweden came back. So um, I don't know how we talk about this one, but just like the excitement from South Africa was so palpable and then it just kind of got swept away in a big yellow force. But what do both of these teams take out of this match?
2: Um, I think South Africa can be really pleased with their performance here and just like thinking back on the 2019 World Cup and the kind of results that they got at that and their attacking ability then, comparing it to this game, they're able to actually take it to Sweden and be, yeah, like move forward and play um, attacking football and that's like very, very exciting. But, I, yeah, I don't know. It was... Yeah, a sad result. I would have really liked to have seen South Africa get the win there. I suppose maybe the difference is that Sweden can keep piling on the pressure and they have played big games and they have that kind of, you know, high high performing well, yeah, they've run deeper into tournaments than South Africa would have. So they're, they're able to kind of see out those games. Well, I say that, but they completely bottled it at the Euros last year in the semifinals. So maybe not. But anyway, um, lots of positives for South Africa. For Sweden, I don't know. It's just like, I, I'm, I find them a little bit boring. So I, I maybe someone else can talk about Sweden. I don't know. I just, I'm I'm not as interested in Sweden as I once was. And so I'm kind of rooting for people to do well against them. And I think, yeah, anyway, Anna, what did you think?
1: I love this. Like Sweden, you are inoffensive and therefore you must go. <laughs>
2: yeah, it pretty much. I want to be, I, I'm I need engagement, okay? I got ADHD. Ding ding ding. We need like big moments, keep the toddler's attention and Sweden are not doing that <laughs> anyway.
1: <laughs> they only did that in the Olympics and even then they stopped doing it in the final. Um, but. Yeah, I think you've summed it up pretty well there, Angela. South Africa can be proud of how they went. I think it's natural for, you know, when you're a relative minnow against a relative powerhouse, like a Sweden or a heavyweight, let's be honest, um, the shock of going ahead, I think holding your nerve then and being able to maintain that when all of a sudden there's waves and waves and waves of pressure, as you say, coming on you is, is really difficult. They did well to hold out for, I think it was 17 minutes after their goal before the the for equaliser. but. Jeez, it's pretty heartbreaking fashion to to lose in that 90th minute. Um, obviously, a really good corner from Kosovo. Slani. This is where the quality of some players comes to the fore, right? Like, Aslani puts in a really wicked corner. And um, Amanda Illestead, um, I thought that was a fantastic header to, to give Sweden all three points. Um, and looking at the reaction, my colleague Ben McKay was there for AAP and he was uh, obviously went to the presses. And Peter Gerhardsen, who's the Sweden coach, obviously said, Sweden made too many tactical mistakes. There were some significant problems in the performance, um, but please they could turn a match around. You'd think for Sweden, this is a bit of a wake up call match. I think people have looked at them and gone, oh, their, their path through to the semis is pretty straightforward. Their group is one that they should top. It's yeah, it should be relative smooth sailing. And sometimes you need that sort of challenge to kickstart things. And for Angela's sake, hopefully make them a bit more lively. but yeah, I mean, South Africa can be super proud of what they put in, but albeit they'll be they'll be pretty devastated. And you you really got to feel for um, Magaya who um, came off injured. Like while her teammates were all dancing and celebrating, she'd hurt herself scoring the goal. So I think she got substituted not long after that. But yeah, they, it was a yeah entertaining and uh, yeah pretty um, yeah very entertaining finish. I think not the way most uh, neutral observers would have liked that one to go, but yeah, sometimes the class just does win through in the end. And it looked like it was um very, very cold and not great conditions uh, out there. So credit to them all for sticking through that one.
2: It was, it is a concern. Oh, sorry.
0: No, I was just going to say it was peak Wellington, the weather.
1: Um, well, it was interesting. Um, quite... Sorry. I was just going to say it was interesting in the pre-match presses, both Gehausen and then Magda Eriksson and Kosovo Arzlani were talking about how the wind was going to be a factor and how they'd had to train and practice and they got to Wellington early, I think, to really get stuck into dealing with those conditions. So, yeah, Wintry Wellington is a um, place you want to be. I think um, the teams that have been sent to Brisbane or Perth or um, Sydney weather-wise will be pretty happy, though maybe not a few friends, Jamaica last night. But in Brisbane and Perth, at least, you'd be pretty wrapped with um, some of the conditions you got when you see what some of your, your fellow Europeans are getting over there.
2: I mean, just like home. In some cases, for for the Europeans, at least. Um, I with Maguire out injured. I I can't find anything about the kind of nature of the injury. I assume there'll be updates maybe today. But that I feel like that is a little bit cause for concern for South Africa. She's really been pinned as someone to watch, and and has scored prolifically at previous tournaments for them. So fingers crossed, it's all good for her. And she just got a bit of a I don't know a knock on the way through to the back of the goal along with the ball. But, yeah, I'll be watching what happens there.
0: I think we all will because obviously we want all of our players healthy and playing. But let's move on to our next game. Netherlands won Portugal nil. So ESPN has been doing a daily file on the website and all of the writers across Australia and New Zealand have been putting in their bits and bobs and friend of the pod Sophie Lawson was at this Netherlands-Portugal game and she wrote that this was a game that matched the weather and it the weather was not good. So uh, take from that what you will basically. Um, we watched this game at the pub, Anna and I, with friends of the pod, Amy and Burke, and it was just giving nothing. <laughs> like it really just did nothing for us so I'm happy for us to keep this one short and sweet what are our takes on Netherlands 1-0 win over Portugal
1: I mean the winner was great the Stephanie van der Graert one as I've made this joke a few times Marissa this enormous woman will devour us all. Oh, she's huge what were they meant to, what were they meant to do she just uh, she rose high it was a fantastic header like a proper bullet header and um it did get Flagged for offside, but they did a VAR check and they found that Jill Rod—I think it was Jill Rod—who they were checking was the closest to the goalkeeper. Like, clearly didn't interfere with Portugal's goalkeeper. Like, just like was just out of the way to avoid being um, considered interfering with play from an offside position. So, yeah, that that's pretty much it. That that was the real highlight. Like, the Dutchies—I think had a couple of good chances. Berenstein had a couple that probably should have buried. I just felt like if the Netherlands were a bit slicker around going, and yes, we know they're missing Miedema. Can't avoid that. Um, They probably would have scored at least two or three, right? Um, Portugal, I didn't feel like offered a heap going forward the other way. I think uh, expectations got tempered because we had Amy there being like, oh, geez, Netherlands, Portugal at the Euros. This was so good. Such a goal fest. It's going to be so good. Can't wait for this game. And then it just did not deliver on those expectations at all. Um, It was, yeah, pretty cagey and. um, would yeah. we say the first real dud of the World Cup? Potentially. Um, yeah, it yeah it wasn't great. I, I didn't feel like the Netherlands were often super threatened by Portugal either. Um, that was the vibe I got. They were pretty inefficient with where they were going. And, yeah, Portugal had two shots, one on target. Netherlands had 12. So it was like it was a 1-0 win and that was that.
2: <laughs> Did anyone... I don't know. I'm just looking at the lineup again. The formation for Netherlands, kind of interesting, I suppose. Just like got, attackers play... everywhere. <laughs> yeah, they're playing with a back three. But I suppose, yeah, if you're doing – I'm actually an expert now because they're playing with a back three um, in state three uh, at the moment. Um, <laughs> we've played a, a number of minutes play? in that formation. Where do I it play? I was the the middle centre-back yesterday. Um, Ooh. We played – we played the afghan women's national team and we lost I go for you. we lost uh by quite a, i think we played really well um given the last time we like a lot better than the last time we played them but anyway i digress uh before i start um whinging about state league three fixtures um the back three, yeah, interesting. Maybe, yeah, that is to utilize and send them all forward, but it's not.
1: Spitz as a they play Spitz as a centre back as well, didn't they?
2: Or yeah, like in that that back three, which I know she's done in the past, but I I feel like I find it interesting. She's quite quite a good midfielder, so I don't know. Maybe it's just like too many attackers. What do you do? Yeah, they back three
0: one hundred percent have the Go problem forward. of like we have really good players and we need to shoehorn them all onto the pitch, but that does not mean that the way we get them onto the pitch is going to work, but at least they're on the pitch. So, uh, good luck to the duckies. Yeah. We
1: can relate Angela and I <laughs>
0: <laughs> from, from your state league experience Yes, quite. I love we got the bonus game of Melbourne uni versus the African women's national team in this pod. So there you go, listeners, a little treat, a little extra game. Um,
1: which I've, I had in different group chats, courtesy of Joey Lynch going and watching this game, and then being like, "Yeah, did go well for Tom's team."
2: I, I, I know I can't, I can't get into it. I really can't mm. get into it. No, no, no.
1: There will be no more local football chat on this pod for now, at
2: least. Let
0: us move
1: on then. Back to business.
0: Let's move to France, Jamaica. A scoreless draw. Um, this one was weird. Uh, first of all, Sydney raining, (laughs) but thirty nine thousand people turned up. So I'm like, good on you, Sydney. I'll give you that one. Um, I mean, what
1: do they? Sydney would never draw a crowd for a major again if they were relying on the weather, right? It's very to their credit. it turned out well for the um the opening game with the Tillies, and. We all came together for the tillies and then Sydney's like, okay, back to normal. (laughs) We see the Tillies in the knockout. We'll try and deliver some decent weather, but for now you can have us back to our best. You can have a rainy rainy
0: Sunday night, but no, crowd was awesome. Um, it was really funny on the surface level. I think I was very tired when we first watched this game. So I was like, scoreless draw, boring. But then found out that obviously this was Jamaica's first point at a World Cup. And then remembered that they had to go fund me to even get to this World Cup. So all of a sudden, your boring scoreless draw really turned into, holy shit, this is a really big achievement for Jamaica. And they didn't play poorly, but I think France really did not put them to the sword when they should have.
2: So keen for takes on this one. This is not a great take, but I'm finding it interesting that, yeah, that France aren't as maybe as sharp as they previously have Mm been. Um. And it's interesting to considering that. And I think this sh- kind of showed in this game a little bit. They've they've lost their sparkle. Um, but the context of the team yeah, as well, it's kind of like um, when everything's actually chill and relaxed off the pitch, maybe they're just not, they don't have any kind of feelings to kind of get out there on the pitch. I don't know what's going on. This is a psychoanalysis of the French national team. I'm not a psychoanalyst or a psychologist or any of those things. But yeah, it's just, they're, I, I'm, yeah, a little bit disappointed with how they kind of turned up against, well, in the Tillies, I'm glad that we won. But, yeah, they're just, I don't know what's going on because I don't pay close enough attention. But I've just noticed that much that um, they're not able to kind of convert quickly and easily as normal. Oh, God, terrible, terrible English. But anyway, yeah. Um, But, yeah, a really exciting game. And Diani was, like, all over it. had some really... um. Good shots. First half. I remember that. Um, and Jamaica, I think the, yeah, I don't know. They just defended hard a lot. And I, I admire, I think Becky Spencer had a good game as well. She seemed to be doing a really good job of directing from the back there, but yeah, I'm not too sure what's going on with France. I'm maybe, maybe it's all just kind of welling up and they'll absolutely thump someone else soon, but who knows? Maybe, maybe that era is over as well. <laughs>
1: We know it's how many players they are missing as well, um, especially attackers. Um, but geez, Diarni would have felt unlucky not to have scored that chance she had. I think it was at the 90th minute where it hit the crossbar and the post, <laughs> like, and didn't go in somehow. I think if you're Jamaican, you see that and you go, oh, surely nothing's going in tonight. Um, other underrated highlight: um, Bunny Shaw lining up from a for a free kick from so 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 far out. And like making like she's gonna shoot it. And we're all like is she, is she is she gonna shoot it? She's not gonna play it in. And she just fucking hammered it. Like it was like fizzing, it was relatively low to the ground. And it just went like outside the near pose, like i don't want to know how fast that ball was traveling i'm really happy for the french goalkeeper that she didn't have to try and save that because it might have like powered her into the back of the net and it was so far away it was like so far out um on that note bunny she obviously picked up a second yellow um which means she'll miss jamaica's next match against panama jamaica deserve a heap of credit for how they held on in those final few moments with 10. france less so for not being able to capitalize on that if i agree with angela not look super potent they're something not not quite clicking. And a lot of the credit does have to go to Jamaica because, geez, they worked hard. They were disciplined. They were organized. Um, I agree. Becky Spencer had a terrific game. Um, and, yeah, when you look at they've had to have a GoFundMe to get to this point that, you know, everything was sort of stacked against them um, to hold a really good team who, you know, as much as they've had their issues over the last couple of years, are still considered not a favorite but a contender. They're a perennial contender, perennial underachiever as well, France. Um, but, yeah, I think when you look at this game in the whole, you have to give a lot of credit to Jamaica the way they went about it. I'll, I'll be interested to see how they go for goals against Panama um, without Bunny Shaw because that felt like the sort of game she could have really gone hard in. Like, she was really trying to create things last night. And the red card, it was one that they'll be really frustrated with because it felt like, especially the second challenge, was really not necessary. Like... A bit of a silly one um she obviously got someone on the foot for the first one which was a pretty fair yellow um and then yeah the second one you're like geez i don't know if you needed to do that bunny. and i think she would have been pretty pretty filthy with herself for it as well but yeah it's a fun tournament so far to be honest it's exciting and- but yeah didn't
0: bunny shot the the second challenge in particular so one, she's dropped Wendy Renard on her ass with just like the most silly goose challenge you've ever seen in your life and it just becomes sillier goose when you remember that she's on that first yellow so um that was not funny yeah i'm really worried about how jamaica approaches panama cuz it's like it feels disrespectful to say no bunny no party but like what, what is their attack outside Bunny Shaw? I don't know. Um, and I reckon Panama will secretly be like, all right, go on, let's do it. I'm ready and excited to face a, a Bunny Shawless Jamaica. But um, yeah, you're right in the sense that this is just, it has been fun. Barring that Netherlands Portugal game, there's always been something fun that has emerged from each of these matches. So I
1: wanted to. Uh, 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 No, we got to see the Netherlands fans that went full Netherlands (laughs) enough and were all orange and had the little hats on. Um, That was a fine contribution and also like a shout out to how hard Portugal went for the national anthem before the game. I think it was Jessica Silver in particular, it's been Mm -hmm. tears. They were all belting it out. And I think it's something we can forget. We can maybe take for granted when we've had Australia, for example, making world cups for years and years and years, just how much it means this these teams. We saw it with Ireland the other night. I think every Irish person I spoke to in the lead up was like, including front of the board Kathleen Wright was like, oh, "I'm going <laughs> to be crying." Like, so it's it, it means so much. And as we know, we talk about this. I think this this conversation comes up every time we have a, a testy qualification period with the men's World Cup with the Socceroos. It's a privilege to make World Cups. It's um, we're very lucky to host one as well. And yeah, moments like that when you see just how much it means um to these players and you see at the benches you see the coaches everyone gets very emotional um yeah it's yeah it's really what it's all about right even if that game sort of fizzled um the passion was um was very much there i take it back good point well made um are there any other little bits
0: and bobs that we wanted to mention before we wrap up for today
1: marissa what about the uh... The kids at the I was going game. to
0: mention them. I was opening up the floor to you two first.
1: <laughs> no, this it, this is your this is your mention. So we
0: we were at the pub, as I said, and they've started doing crowd shots at the SFS, which looked lovely during the day when it was sunny. Um, And then all of a sudden it pans to a group of kids all in berets and all with little eyeliner moustaches, the curly, you know, stereotypical French man moustache drawn on their faces. And I was like, look at these little legends going full Frenchy, we absolutely love to see it. The camera then panned to some actual France fans who did not look like a walking cartoon of a French man, which was a little bit disappointing. Um, but I just, in my brain, I've given them a backstory and basically they got tickets to this game and were like, we have decided to go for France and we've decided to dress up like tiny little French stereotypes. So they made me giggle. They made me so bloody happy. Um, so, keep it up fans of all nations across the two countries you're doing magnificently we love to see it (laughs) um but that's us done for today this is what we have to look forward to in tomorrow's episode we will have italy argentina germany morocco and brazil panama so Hoping for some goals. We, we were talking about it last night. Hoping for some shootouts. Hoping for some goal fests. But we'll see
1: what the football gods offer up. And we'll have a Sam Kerr update. <laughs> Don't you worry, guys. I'll be there again at training, analysing how she's walking. If she's walking. Is she with everyone? Is she by herself? Is she out there at all? We get 15 minutes of training vision, so you just don't know. Kara's
0: going to be posting very close-up photos of Sam Kerr's calf onto her Twitter, so make sure you follow for just, like, really close-up photos. This
1: is slander. <laughs> and also I don't know. I'll well, at least be probably posting photos of, of Sam Kerr, so maybe you, you might get away with this. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, I was going to say we have our own Sam watch as well. Uh, pod Sam, she has gotten a cold or a flu thing. So please send good energies to her for her swift recovery as well. We will be, don't worry about jumping in on the, the, in on her in our group chats, being like, Sam, you gotta rest,
1: rest. If you're tweeting at Sam this week, make sure you tell Mm -hmm. her to rest.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, we can't
1: all be the ones to tell her to log off and sleep. (laughs) Yeah, it's. I mean, she, we do it, but help she, is
2: appreciated. She she doesn't listen. She doesn't listen to us. All... Anyway, no. she's gonna
1: be so confused when you guys tweeted her telling <laughs> her to rest. Yes,
2: just think ch-
0: chicken soup thoughts for her. But no, we do hope she's feeling better and is actually resting in order for her to get better. That is a threat, Samantha Lewis. If you're listening. um but no, that's us done for today. Thank you again for tuning in. We can't wait to catch you again tomorrow. As always, we're over on ESPN.com.au and the ESPN app. You can follow us on Spotify, Apple and Google, all of the usual pod spots. Make sure you subscribe so you get these daily pods directly onto your phone when we drop them. If you want to have a chat to us, we're at the Far Post pod on all social media. But until next time, it's